Good day. I'm grateful to have a few moments of your valued time and attention. I wanted to talk to you today about a emergent thought and a very interesting idea. Uh, given some recent insights into new ways of thinking, uh, I have been able to incorporate a little bit more understanding of what it is that I'm experiencing as a individual who is problem solving um, really complex problems in a very random and chaotic world. And from where I see, there, there's a lot more uh, coincidences and synchronicities than there are differentiations within the systems of, of complexity that I see. Just in the random general topics that I, I look into, and it's not like a statistical analysis on it, but it's the obvious that is being stated. Um, even when people are are saying one thing, you can see that what they're meaning is generally the, the same prevalent trend. And so the idea of predictability is a, a common thing, especially in the concepts of, of game theory. The idea of being able to determine something right and in advance and you're always playing against the house and and you you want to win you know with the higher hand um but the idea of knowing how to hold them and fold them and walk away and know if you got to run it is a difficult thing to do because you're you're measuring something that is in a sense something you have to grasp it has to be of an intuitive nature and Intuition is a human capacity uh, that derives from human ingenuity. Uh, I think that the imagination is a part of that as well. And really what it does is it's a great way to work out the fact that we're, we're calculators. We're great little pattern makers and we can see how things connect and align and everything's connected. Everything is somehow. I mean, we, we can't except that uh, nothing is connected to, um, to anything. There, there is nothing outside of, of what we see. This is it. We have one shared reality and, and we're all a part of it. Now, this don't even need to go into defining what that reality is, but the fact of the matter is we're sharing in it uh, constantly. And the idea of having that one view to... Uh, you know, see everything, though we all have our own, you know, varied ways to look at stuff, we're still having the same genuine human experience. And overall, you know, it's not so bad. It could be better. Uh, there's a lot of ways it's wholly terrifying and absolutely terrible. But there's some good things. There's reasons to wake up every day. And there's definitely something worth striving for passionately that keeps you in pursuit. Uh, in that becoming process. So the idea of having a, um, a way of looking at the world as, 
as part of you and to do that in such a way where it can be useful to you, right? If you are able to use yourself as this little calculator that you are um, to calculate um, these patterns that you see and these reference points that you've made as you've tried to make sense of reality, um, you start to recognize there's ways to tie it all together, you know, with strings, essentially recognizing how everything connects. And it's a beautiful way to look at the world and, and understand its complexity, but who has the time to look at anything that d deep, you know? Nobody has time to, to discover mystery anymore. Uh, but for those who do, you know, the great minds who have thought about these higher planes, these uh, other worlds, these different dimensions, these different ways to look at a thing and to suggest that there's something there that we have yet to recognize. But we know that there's something there because we can sense it in one way or another. You know, I like to think of it as uh, uh, we all have like these particle balls that we're throwing at stuff. And sometimes uh, they go straight through the space and sometimes they burst into a million pieces. And <laughs> But you don't know why that happens, except for to say that there's something there that it, the force was stopped by. And, and so you intuitively recognize there's something there. You can't quite put your whatever on it, but it's there, you know? You can't point to it, because as soon as you point to it, it it's not there anymore. It's, it's almost like uh, having a really bad case of reverse tunnel vision. Like, you can see the tunnel in your peripherals, but you can't see straight ahead. Um, now imagine how blind you would be to the world in your experience, but you know, something's there. And, and so the I, idea is to turn your eye on it, you know, turn your eye of awareness, use your peripherals, feel it out, get that intuitive sense, go into your mind's eye, look through your third eye and say, you know, I'm thinking with the possibilities, what could that potentially be? And then you move into it in, in a sense of awareness of like, yeah, you know what? There is a thing there. And, and how can I describe that? Have there been other people who have described that before? And in what ways did they describe it? You know, what did they define it as? And, and do I think that's what it is? And like, maybe I'm seeing things differently. The idea isn't to take it on blind faith, but to trust the fact that we're all looking at the same thing differently. And, and it's necessary to inform each other of our findings so we can get a better sense of what it is we're dealing with. And so the idea is like we're all creating our own measuring tools by which to uh, rule out uh, what this space is not. Like what sort of existing understandings that we have can we throw at it? You know, these different types of energies. Like we know that, you know, uh, this fundamental law works this way. We're going to take it and we're going to throw it at this invisible space or the space where we kind of sense something's different. And let's see what happens to the thing that we know. And if something different happens, there likely are, there's chances that there's something there. And how can we read what we know to decide what's different, uh, different in that context and go into that and say, all right, well, what are we looking at here that's actually different? And then define the thing by what it's not rather than try to give it a name and say what it is. Uh, because you can't get right at it anyway. And it's, it's like the idea of being the <laughs> the elephant um, uh, where all the people are blind and they're touching different parts of it and they're describing it in different ways. It's still an elephant, uh, no matter what they say. Uh, but the idea is that it, when you put all those 
parts together, you get a bigger picture of what you are actually dealing with. Um, it's not to say you'll ever really know that it's actually an elephant uh, in the room. It's kind of the thing that you can't talk about, but you do anyway in these abstract ways because it's a thing, but it's not. And so the idea of having this way of seeing something and, and imagining it and recognizing it and being able to point to it, how can you do that in a calculative sense? How can you create these pathways by which you can, you know, throw spin or twist or whatever it takes to get the, the knowledge that we know to fit into that space? Like how can we find the groove to get into to the heart of the matter? And it requires human ingenuity and, and human intuition to sense it. You're like, well, you know, if I take these two, pro, you know, solutions, these two fundamental theories, and I throw them, you know, at each other, towards each other, at this invisible space, uh, what are the chances are that those two, you know, will react both at the same time upon a thing and be able to kind of send off a flare of a little bit more of what's there than what one fundamental law could do by itself. And you recognize you can kind of do in a bombardment of all these different thoughts from these different realms, these different orientations and different perspectives of looking at a thing. And how do you identify how that is? Like you have to put yourself in that center observant position and you look at a thing from that. You know, look at it in the context of your, your culture, your living space, but in this meditative space of like, uh, I, I am just as much a, a part of the variables in this process as it is. Um, and I don't need to react differently than the system because then I'll get a, a false reading. But to recognize that I can remove myself from the space, see how it would be affected if I'm just there as a stand in. And then recognize, oh yeah, like as things work and as they go on, you know, I can, I can see the point to what you're getting at. And the idea of being able to use these grand and beautiful images in order to trace those lines through to in, in these thoughts and to these higher dimensions of thinking, um, leaving yourself these uh, signposts along the way, how to recognize where uh, differentiations are, are going to become apparent. So you can kind of get an idea of how deep you have gone in to the realm of thinking about this so that you can pioneer and push, you know, to the next level of abstraction. Um, but the idea being that so you don't get lost along the way, you have to leave, you know, uh, treasures behind for yourself, you know, to recognize that, you know, this is the path that these pioneers took. And then at the same time, not necessarily saying that, you know, uh, the way is not the only way there's, a, there's many other ways and it's not to discredit or just, uh, remove the idea that there's a possibility that there's something else there. It's recognizing that there is something else there. And unless there's something else there, then, then, uh, what we're seeing it could be reduced down to nothing more than uh, the presence of there being something uh, that is outside of the, or the existence of an outside in compared to an existence of an inside. And that doesn't really do anything for you. It just kind of tells you you've hit a brick wall and, and you cannot pass past that until you find a way to, to break through that wall. And then the idea of 
the idea of having fundamental um the idea of having a, a fundamental structure by which you can uh tag insights in and to bring through fundamental concepts um it's then becomes important about having the understanding of what you're working with, at least in the terms of being able to be intuitive about it and to use the tool. Uh, the reason why I love math so much is because it's measurements. It's measuring the world. And, and I'm weird. I like to measure things. Um, counting is actually quite pleasurable. Um, I like to calculate things in my head, but measurement ultimately is what's what's most important because... There's so much you can do once you know um, how uh, much of a thing there is. You know, if you can take some sort of scale, then you understand um, how all the pieces uh, can be got at, at a smaller level of ab abstraction to go deeper into the fine details of the fundamentals of a thing. And being able to think in that broad range of, of thought helps you to kind of like leave breadcrumbs behind for yourself to say, well, I know at this measuring point, I can anticipate that this is going to happen. And um, the idea is that you're progressing through this, this constant game, you know, you're, you're the game of uh, who you kidding and, and, you know, don't fool yourself and pretty much understand that it's going to be a broad mix between those two things at any given point until you can recognize what you're getting at. Um, and, and the only real certainty that you have is that you're on that way and that path and the path will unfold before you as you get more into the realm of, of deeper complexities or higher levels of, of abstraction. And you, you know, use these signposts that you've left and these breadcrumbs that you leave and you try to turn them into signposts that make sense so that other people can follow so we can get more people thinking on a thing than just one person. But everybody bringing their dynamic elements to everybody has their weapon of choice and it, we all throw it at this thing and, and try to recognize what it is. And fundamentally, that's how uh, advancements have been made in in these beautiful fields of like chemistry and, and physics and quantum mechanics and these are all intuitive things, um, and in order to get at those, you have to be able to go into these higher realms of, of thinking. Um, but society doesn't cultivate those sorts of things, and it's certainly not something that you learn. It, it's something that you have to refine within yourself, it, because you have to learn how to attune your awareness to it. You have to align yourself and attune yourself with the idea that you are... are grasping you're reaching your hand towards something so that you can grasp what's there and the whole idea of learning is to to learn bits and pieces to put the puzzle together and I love puzzles so when I go into the laboratory that I've created in my mind how I look and see the world as I measure things I'm essentially the the Vitruvian man Leonardo da Vinci is one of my great inspires is the greatest influence of my life because that man knew he knew things and he was so far ahead of his time but it was all simplicity and and that was what made it so beautiful and you look at the idea of the the vitruvian man and you see that essentially you have at the center of the universe you have man himself the the perfect proportioned 
um, embodiment of, of a living being that has intelligence, that is capable of making sense of the world in more ways than, than just these low-level primitive things. They're in the higher realms of consciousness that you can tap into without the needs of, of uh, going into some uh, psychoactive material imposed upon yourself from eating a, a mushroom. But the idea of going into these higher levels of abstraction because you guide yourself in that way. It's like essentially holding onto a thought and throwing it across the universe and trying to wrap it around everything and, and, and measure that little bit of light, the little uh, spark of your consciousness that you send around and you start making sense of the world. And when you start doing that, you can see how things connect differently. And for me inside my, my little hexagon in my little square, my perfect circle, um, you know, I have these, you know, lines. And the thing about circles and lines is nobody's seen a perfect circle and nobody's seen a perfect line, but we still know what a circle is and we still know what a line is. And the idea is that you can recognize how, you know, two points come together on a line and you can recognize that scale. You can recognize the, the angles within a dimensional space and you can recognize that there there's points and there's counterpoints and there's ways to to fold out in this like origami way um different plane fields of various shapes and sizes and you can create all kinds of fascinating things with that the idea of having this um you're standing in the center of the sphere essentially um, it's not flat on a piece of paper, you know, 2D plane, but it, it has an extra level to it. And you recognize there is an orientation, you know, there is a, 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 an attitude about it. And you can shift your awareness to this entire encompassing sphere and then recognize how the lines pull through from these various measurements on these higher level geometric structures that exist. And you tie those through lines to it, and then you just start making sense of it all. You recognize, well, you know, this connects here, and that goes there. And by this adjustment, I can take a shortcut using geometrical forms of a, a folding over itself process and recognize how two points can be brought closer to each other in this way if you get the right fold in the right direction. And you start playing with it. And you, you play with this idea that you've sent out into the universe. You're, you're pointing towards something. And um, you're mapping your way along the way to be able to get at it. And like, what's the use of it? I, for what I see is like the idea of having the, uh, what is it? The Tesseract cube with the uh, 16 uh, dimensions that add into it. Essentially like having a triangle to point to, like the clicker on your mouse and your computer. Um, and then you have this, this nice center cube, essentially, which is, you know, holding your sphere which you're within the center of and it goes out to this higher dimension cube um, which runs along these trails and I mean the abstractions keep going and going layer by layer and you can build as many of the structures as you want depending on how many calculations of abstractions are you willing to hold pinpoints on well, you got to put a pin in it you know and on, on this little map that you're creating from inside yourself in the perspective of I'm the center of the universe and I'm looking at, at the rest of the world and I'm putting pins in the places where, you know, I see uh, my light of awareness shining through. And then imagine it like this completely dark space. 
and your pins are pricking holes in it and letting light shine through and guiding you in the direction you need to go. And that's kind of how I see things when I look out, but I recognize that, that light is like a string. It's like this little golden string that I get to play with and I get to play upon and recognize that it's casting light. It's also casting shadows. And though I may not be able to, uh, I may only be able to read the light in so many ways, but I can read the shadows in a lot of different ways. You can learn a lot from darkness. And essentially you go into this idea, or at least I go into this idea that there's some other level of um, placing a, 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 putting a label on something, giving it a name, something that it can be called up again later, knowing that it's there in the level of, you know, wherever I've stored it in, in this massive space that I'm working in, but I can call upon it. And it's almost like being able to return home, knowing that, okay, well, I know my way back from here, at least this waypoint. And, um, so you can go deeper and deeper into a concept and you can literally follow these lights and these these shadow strings in your space and take a theory and take a thought and follow along. And to create these higher levels, it's almost as if, um, I'm really weird, but I love untangling uh, chains and like necklaces that are all been bundled up or wires that are all been bundled up like Christmas lights. Imagine all your Christmas lights tied up in a million knots. I love to untie them because you know that there's an a starting point and there's an end point and and somewhere in between there is where the kink is and you just have to intuitively sense which way to pull at the strings in order to loosen the bonds loosen the ties to set it free and, and, and unravel it and that's essentially what I do in my mind and I do that with this uh, sense that I, I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for something specific. I'm looking for something that is as peculiar as I am, uh, because I know that that's going to be what's going to jump out at me. I know that I have this peculiar way of looking at the world and that somewhere out there, there's this, this particle of, of being, there's this instance of existence that's out there waiting for me to show up to observe upon it. And, and it will shine for me if I come across it. And so that's what I'm looking for. And then when I see it, you know, I talk back to it. I, I send the signals. I throw all my theories at it. And, and I try to recognize what this thing is that's there that I've yet to define. And uh, I go back in. I was like, okay, well, I've, I've used this theory and, and all the understandings of how that theory can be applied to a thing as much as I can. And I'm still not making sense. So, you know, what other tools do I have in my arsenal? And I essentially look at at how can I measure what's there? It's like uh, the idea of Galileo said, you know, measure what can be measured, but don't try to measure anything else. Um, and I look at the idea of like this arsenal of tools to be able to take different types of measurements, you know, inside that space, recognizing that everything has waypoints, you know, there's these grid systems and, you know, everything has accesses and it has a capacity to recognize a point. And when you think inside of this, uh, you know, cube inside of a cube, it doesn't have, there's a lot of empty space in between it. Well, the pulling on those strings is essentially creating this weaving fabric in between the, the empty spaces of complexity to reinforce the cube structure that's already there with these, these smaller ideas, these they seem to be tangent pieces, but they're fundamental. They're real true understandings. They're brilliant insights that interlock and weave and just reinforce the existing 
fabric of creation that's there. We're leading up to uh, a more complex and, and immersive and, and detail-oriented uh, view of, of what we're experiencing. And the more we know ourselves and our surroundings, the more we become so accustomed to that, it becomes second nature. And then we're able to look beyond that. Our scope of observation kind of spreads out. And uh, you can spread it out and be aware and observant of things on the other side of the country if you want to. But the idea is, if you don't know yourself in your own space, you're not going to recognize how sending this signal out anywhere else is going to have any sort of impact on you. So it's important to look at yourself humbly from your space and recognize the tools you have for discernment and measurement and use them accordingly and wisely. So when I think of being in my space and I'm looking at this complexity, I'm trying to identify the universe around me, just just around me from my little corner of the world. Um, so I can send that out as a signal to other people say, you know, this, I got my corner covered, you know, what does it look like from your spot? But the idea is to identify a thing, identify what it is that is, uh, beautiful and, and true about the situation. Um, and I orient myself within that and I recognize I have, you know, I have, uh, <laughs> protractors and, and rulers and, um, squares and having various types of, uh, 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 gauges to be able to like take what is there and recognize how it's being acted upon. Um, one of the, the easiest ways to think about is like, say I have this Swiss army knife of measurements here and I choose which one I want out of my arsenal to be able to adjust a thing, to measure a thing from it. Um, I have this constant tape measurer that's running through my mind and, uh, I'd like to like go into my head and look at that and measure and count things based off of that. Cause you can make beautiful abstractions from that going up into, you know, uh, geometrical forms and various dimensions. And it just rolls on this like infinity tape measure in my head, but I know it has a zero, you know, it has, it has an end piece. It has a little lip in the edge. Um, which makes me not even want to go into the argument of zero. I hate the idea. But understanding that in the ways of man, you need to have zero. So zero is there at the end of this tape measure, and then I can measure out this great in, uh, distance. But to be honest, I usually burn an inch anyway, so that I know that I'm at least inside of the measure, regardless of where it starts. So, you know, I may miss out that first inch of it, but I'm more sure where I'm at on the measurement scale um, by burning that inch. So essentially I use this and then I take my other measuring tools on top of that to, um, recognize how these strings and these lines run through the space that I'm in. And I go to work. I literally, uh, pull these strings in and through my visible space. And I really work at imagining that I'm actually consciously seeing those strings there. They're ever present. They're representing something. And I play with them. I play with the strings and I recognize how they respond and how they react to things based off of how I measure them, how I observe them. Um, and like one of my most favorite ways to measure a thing is through music because music is, uh, oh, wow. What did he say? Um, uh, music is, uh, how the, 
body or the mind uh, counts without knowing that it's counting, essentially. Um, which is true. Like, you count in your head, you know, the movements and things like that. And being able to be on the beat when a song is playing is, is a great way to keep time. And, you know, uh, so doing that and then recognizing like these strings work fundamentally like musical strings and there's harmonics and then there's frequencies and you see how those cross over and then you recognize there are these fundamental forces of magnetization that's putting this beautiful little spin effect on everything um and we don't quite recognize you know where it's pulling towards we just know we're kind of like on the path hovering over it and so we're being guided along by all these forces of nature that are constantly in our space and bombarding us with, with information and experience. And so many people are, we're just used to that. It's like, that's human, right? That's how you're human. So like, what's the point of even measuring that? But it's important to measure it so that you can get an intuitive sense when something goes awry in your space. You become aware. You're like, oh, in this sphere of, you know, observation that I'm standing in, and I measure something, I have a, a sense that there's something there, you know, and take the approach to be able to investigate and identify it. And this is where people take problems into account. And then they realize like, how do you take a problem apart unless you have a space to take it apart in? Like, you know, you don't go to work on, on an old car uh, to change out the engine or to change the brake on a vehicle. You don't do that unless you have a space to be able to take it apart so that you can put the fixed piece in there and and you know put it all back together like it's new and it can you continue to run um you can't take a part of a, a thing until you have a space created and that's essentially what this space is and so i go into this space and most of the time i incorporate this information into my awareness and these very limited faculties that i have but based off of what I feel, what I feel compelled in my heart. And I play with the strings, I play with the thoughts, I play with the ideas, and I understand that they mean something. And I impress upon myself um, these these ideas that kind of create these way markers for me to understand. I mean, this, this fundamentally is like what people do when they create memories. I'm just make, I'm creating them with the intention that I learned an insight of value with this, and, and I'm going to incorporate it into my human process so that I can continue to weigh and measure things by those terms. But recognize I don't know everything, you know, nobody knows everything, but everybody knows something. And there's an insight that somebody has from you and, and you have to become a welcoming so you can figure out what that is because everybody has their own tools and their own metrics for measuring the universe. Mine's quite different. I know there's people that think like this as well. It's obvious, especially with the types of stuff that you see out there right now. Everybody has an intuitive sense at the very least that, you know, things generally work this way. But how do you apply that into the real world to, to make it any value for us to even go into to think or consider things in that way? And I think that the closest you can get to really understanding that is like the law of attraction and love. Uh, because those forces right there... At the end of all of those forces is how you can uh, recognize when uh, things improved. They were different and they became improved. And um, I know that I'll tack in a personal memory um, with love and light. Like I will go into that memory and I remember how much love I felt. I send more love from the future saying like, I'm, I just love the fact that happened in my life. 
and reinforce that within myself. So I have these groundings within myself to recognize that even as I go off in these high levels of abstraction, I'm still human and I can come back into this world without losing my mind out there. Um, but it looks weird. It looks really weird from an outside perspective. Like what is this strange woman doing? Um, but going into this meditative state to see things in this wholly different way. And essentially I take a problem and I will take these symbolic images, you know, pictures or, or theories or concepts, um, whatever it is, you know, papers and, and interrelate what I learned from that and, and impart upon it as some sort of insight and move it into the space of my measurement and appoint it a, a place on my grid, um, which is everything within my, my sphere space. And I use measurements, you know, just like the grid system of the world and all of the, you know, meridians that flow, which most people don't like really seriously think about, but the living entity of the planet, um, these uh, forces that are constantly working and understanding just the basic land lies of our global systems, all of it has these measurements and you can pinpoint exactly where something is with extreme precision and to do so from great distances um, and recognizing that we are much closer to uh, what's out there. We've expanded our, our, our levels of observation much farther, like considering the fact that we have satellites now, it's a pretty far observation that looks down on us and gives us a, an observer's view over ourselves. Uh, you recognize that there's more layers that you, we can go even beyond that if we push ourselves towards that. But, you know, why would somebody want to do that? Well, look at the idea of if we take a set of problems that we currently have and we put them up in our space and we're like, these are the problems. Okay, well, these are where they interrelate. Solutions can be applied here. Do that moving on. Well, once you solved all those problems, what are you left with? Except for the fact that there's the problem is that you don't know what to expect next. You have everything here taken care of. Things are still going to go wrong because they always do. Things tend to fall apart. You have to take it to the next level, which now your new problem becomes identifying what's the next level. What what do we not know now? What do we not know the limits of yet? And push yourself to that realm. And along the way, take your insights that you've learned and, and pin them up within your space. You know, put a pin in it on your space and say, well, this applied here and that applied there. Use your measurements of observation to, to look at the problem in that space. See how it's all tied together with these beautiful strings and these, these filaments and these fabrics of the creation that are not only in like the sense of uh, what the individual is created within the construct of their own mind and in the psychological sense of that they live within their environment and they are a product of. And then the idea of the sociological context of like, uh, the other spheres of of uh, observation that play roles in fundamentally affecting the environment of the individual, and you see that all of these levels of of uh, interrelatedness makes us all kind of wholly accountable to each other to be aware of what we're looking at and then share the information. Insofar as we're able to, and it's kind of funny because you see these theories that are coming out and each one of them saying this beautiful truth, it's beautiful truth and it's accurate, but what's important is like, how can you take what's there and put it in a place that it matters in the individual's life? 
the person has to understand how to intuit these understandings. Not just put them uh, to the names of these theories, but to say you can use these theories in these ways to come to better understandings of, of, of many things. And then you can create essentially these uh, packs of solutions that say, yeah, in, in this case X, apply Y, and you know things will turn out just fine. And it's all just a matter of what you're willing to put inside your sphere of observation. And all of us have our own personal problems that we're dealing with. But we also want to help, you know, be in service to our fellow human. So we bring in society's problems into our world. And if we don't have our own houses in order, it jumbles and muddles everything up. Um, but getting your own house in order, understanding who you are, where you are, when you are, that is who you are. Um, and be able to look out from that space and be confident in yourself to know, like, I'm an imperfect human, but I have created this space from which I can refine myself and to redeem the time. And I can, uh, transmute, um, every negativity into a positivity because I'm in pursuit of finding some solution that can overcome all of the, the problems that I've created for myself based off of past thoughts and decisions. You become an active participant in living your life and, and looking at it in a way um, where you can uh, interrelate some sort of solutions. So when I look at this in, in the terms of like what I take into my space, I take into this whole world view that civilization is crumbling before our eyes, maintenance systems cannot be sustained and maintained, and everything is, things are falling apart. And the only way to overcome these problems is to uh, start giving ourselves something to work towards. And I know it's a difficult thing to uh, decide, like, what does everybody do? Well, what I feel that I'm supposed to be doing is to keep up the conversation, uh, to continue to use my voice to say the things that I, that I see and that I know, and to try to bring it into terms that is a little bit more uh, accessible to people, uh, and to put it in a way that, yeah, it kind of seems like woo-woo or it's like really abstract, but in a sense, it's really artistic. If you took some time to stretch your imagination just a little bit, you could probably see what I'm talking about. It's no different than what has been presented out there in the world. I'm just taking it into my space and incorporating in my understanding. Um, but more people need to learn how to do that. Need to cultivate your sphere and your space and, uh, you know, create new overlays and, and really set it up as your room. Um, in which you come into your safe space and you know that at least if you can go into there, into this, you know, laboratory of your mind and, and you can find solutions, then everything is going to be all right. You, you can trust in yourself no matter what's happening out in the world and it makes yourself a fortitude. But I look at the world's problems that are in my space. Um, I see them playing out in my daily life and how I'm affected by the things that are breaking down in society around and I see, like, as it, you know, you abstract that out, you, where we are now, we are in this prevailing trend towards total shitstorm, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling. It's very sad, and I get anxious, and I want to just, like, run towards the problem and put out the fire, <laughs> but I know I can't, because the problem is down the road so far that I, I will not be able to get there fast enough, but what I can do is cultivate the time that I have to to shift and pivot to prevent that from ever getting that far out of hand. And so um, I weave into this fundamental framework, 
like solutions that I can tie in to say, okay, well, this problem is pre present here, which is rooted and stemmed in these aspects of, you know, uh, the human element um, that is prevalent within everything. And uh, I recognize how the human element can be uh, utilized in, in dynamic ways to address those problems. And I tie the strings up with the various ways that humans tend to do things. You know, we have so much capacity to solve problems and then I assign problem solvers to, uh, you know, fix those problems. And then I, I run the program and I see, oh yeah, well, if this all happens here, that gets reinforced, that fixes this problem here, we can bridge a gap there and like suddenly start to see everything start to work and reinforce itself. And it's almost like um, having a broken bone regrow itself. And, you know, it's just... There's nothing you can do but to take time and to cast it in a frame and hold to that and, until it's it's fused over and it's healed in, in the direction that you want the pwn to grow. Um, and that's essentially, you know, what what I do in in my mind, but I do it in these abstract ways. I, I think of weaving these fabrics with these beautiful strings that are just these cords of interrelation between points that I've created. And the thing about it is they're more like they're flexible. They're not necessarily like rods and they're stiff and they're hard. They can be, it can be made stiff, but they can also be flexible, kind of like a tape measure. That's why I love tape measures so much. Um, but I, you know, use my tools of, of measurement to really identify what the problem is and then different ways you can approach giving it solutions. But I brought so many problems into this space from all these different levels and all these different solutions that can be turned in on it to solve those sorts of things. And then I'm like, okay, now that I have this beautiful woven fabric, uh, how can I turn it into a blanket that can cover, you know, society and, and put out the flames, um, turn it kind of into the, your security blanket. Um, but how do I, how do I get that and then impart it to society? And I believe what it fundamentally will come down to is people's capacity to go into their own little personal laboratory and personal space and cultivate who they are and how they see the world because uh, paradigms and perspectives and perceptions are really all that we have. And, and if you are looking at the problem the wrong way, the, the solution will elude you. And so getting more people to be able to go into their space and create their own tools of measurement that work for them, because it will be a lot different, use their imagination and their human ingenuity to apply solutions that are in their space um, to the problems that they can see and, when they find themselves without any problems, that's when you turn to search for more problems. Um, and then when we do that, we're moving out of one sphere of experience into another. And when that happens, we are sure to find more problems, but we will also be fortified by our past experiences and all the solutions that we carry forward with. And that's kind of how I see this like evolvement of these stepping through spheres to eventually get through to this uh, progressive future where things become better. And so I tie this into, you know, my overall project proposal, which is to create a collective cultural shift of the whole of humanity to come mind in tune with an ever more healthy, sustainable, just and peaceful world. And um, the idea of how I can think so, so expansively about this idea um, it seems like this huge pie in the sky notion that people are like, that's not possible, you know, especially if it's just one person that's coming up with this idea. But 
it's not just one person. I just happen to know how to hitch together other people's involvements. Most people don't know they're involved in it, but they certainly are involved in it. And I'm just pulling in that string and, and making the connection to like pulling it to the level that it needs to be at. So it can, uh, you know, be the same length so it can stitch across where it's meant to be. It's kind of like weaving a beautiful rug on, on this magic, uh, loom. Um, but the patterns that you create is like how you lay the strings and, and, and how you tuff them and you fit them and, um, you bind them and, and you tie them off. And so that's essentially what I do. And the, the important part about this, the whole point is to visualize it. And, and I think that's what people just need is the, they need to, uh, choose to go and visualize something, visualize it in, as if they're in their own little sphere and recognize all of these interrelationships by which you can come to know a thing and understand it. And if you use the idea of symbolism, which we already use, um, on a daily basis to inform yourself, like what you're looking for in your space, you can start off with simple things like, well, I'm, I'm recognizing, uh, you know, how this affects, uh, my, um, sleep habits, how this affects my, uh, nutrition, how this affects my, uh, my physical, uh, activity, uh, how does this affect, you know, all these different parts about being human. It's like, okay, well, now that you know all those effects, um, what's the next layer above that? And you assign these essentially points and, and degrees of separation on this, you know, beautiful geometric form, this like hexagonal type shape. Um, it essentially points to the direction of assigning these problems in these locations. Um, and then you start to see how things interrelate and cross over. You have an orientation by which you can draw conclusions from, right? And so in this, you know, blank canvas of my mind, I literally see myself making points and drawing conclusions based off of this shape that I see in my head, which shows me direct lines of intersect. And I can follow those lines with assuredness of knowing that, yeah, all, all roads lead to home essentially. And, um, create those, those connections and then come up to a higher level and say, oh, wow. So I inserted these, these six points into this grid and the, how it came out in the solution was to say, it's, um, it's all interrelated by this many degrees of separation. So that's how much attention and time that you need to invest in solving that problem. And then you can easily go through and, and, I, I love to think of it as the idea of those little viewfinders, which, I mean, it's really old school and probably showing my age, but, um, the old school viewfinders where they're like these little discs with these simple little films, little cuts of film, um, on this, this disc that you put inside a machine and you click it and it shows you one screen at a time. And essentially you see this screen and you press the button and it moves to the next screen over. Um, all you're seeing is just the still image of, of what it is. And, um, that's essentially what I see in these, uh, like points that I, I put out here and I, uh, create them as these images that I instill a thought concept into and I relate them all through and I can find out how they interrelate, um, assign them, uh, word values because words mean things and draw it back out from in there into this, this linear form 
um, which can be, you know, constructed into a storyline from which other people can make sense of what it is that I'm, I'm getting at as I'm pulling through these, these insights. Because uh, the, the biggest problem is like the computer language problem, right? Um, humans don't talk computer. Uh, we talk programs that know how to talk to computers. And so there's always this middleman. Um, and so essentially we're creating this software that makes sense of our own internal thought processes, breaking them down in simplistic forms, and then building them back up in these relatively universal structures. I mean, language is profound and there's so many different types of language out there. Um, but you, we can translate human language into, uh, you know, whole stories of things that we want to have done. And so it's essentially what I'm doing, but I do that with these abstractions, these, uh, thought concepts, these thought constructs and, you know, lines of thinking and interrelations and recognizing it. That's you know, the emotional aspects of an individual, the psychological aspects, sociological aspects, environmental, uh, technological, economic, um, uh, and ecological, all these different ways to look at a thing. And I take all those concepts and I put them in my space and I reconfirm that I know that that's a real thing. You know, I search for the truth that's out there that says, yes, that really is how that system works. You know, uh, I watch the weather every day, not because, you know, I need to know if I got to bring my umbrella, but to understand, you know, what time of year we're in, like we should be expecting rains. Um, and so it gives me a sense, a greater sense of how to measure where I am and when I am in terms of like how much time I have to get things done and what to expect during these times. It's kind of like the idea of, uh, you know, tornado season or hurricane season. Like we know that shit's going to happen. It's just right around the corner. It's just a matter of, you know, it's coming and are we ready? And those are things that we can see and prepare for. We can't do that with everything unless we're turning our observation towards it. And so I put all these pieces together and I see how they all interrelate. And I have this wild fascination with understanding how things work. And so I take it into my space and I, I take it apart and I say, how does it work? And I put it, how it works to work to solve these other problems. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, you know, if I do this, does it work? Like, no, it doesn't. But if I do it this way, it does, or at least it works in a little bit of a sense. And then I can figure out based off of how it doesn't work, um, ways that I might be able to intuit a solution that would make it work. And I build up this construct in my mind that wasn't there before. The solution is made out of nothing. It's made out of thin air, literally. And in, in this atmosphere of my, my space, I'm building this thing based off of what it's not. It's, it's not anything that I take from outside of the sphere and I, I bring in. It's built inside that sphere and it's built in my my abstract thinking and my imagination and i formulate it in my mind as this great innovation that can be applied to things in in a universal sense um not saying like it's a band-aid and can stick it on the world and all our troubles are gone but to say like in a universal sense if you apply this in these ways uh, chances are you're going to get positive outcomes that will result in more uh you know positive outcomes thereafter and so that's how I look at a problem and in in a solution is I bring it into my space and I just identify it with all of my tools of measurement and understanding 
and I use my beautiful imagination as much as I can. And I, I use different levels of, of language and different types of language and incorporate it in. And I make it this beautiful game. Like, how pretty can I make this thing? How aesthetically appealing can I make this idea of finding a solution? And not like I'm wasting time on, on making something beautiful. Um, but I'm recognizing that the, the truths, like truth and beauty rests in in the things that I can make beautiful if I can make beauty out, out of something that is tragic and ugly then I know that there's hope and and the hope is what you have to build on the hope is something that's prevalent and it's evident people can sense that and when people can sense it then they'll trust it and they'll become involved in it as well they don't have to you know they're never going to be able to come into my world and see how I see the world and I wish there was a way to do that but I will always be forever alone in that space but I can show similarities and show people how the way I see things really does come you know produce out outputs that are positive um, and share that storyline with other people that they can build abstractions off of and it becomes a game like telephone you know where like you tell it to one person you tell it to the next person and it ends up getting diluted down the road eventually and it reducible down to these abstract general uh, generalities um, which aren't wrong but they they aren't right in the right context and so you know the message gets lost in translation and it gets uh, like I said diluted but it doesn't mean that it's still not effective all things eventually fade into myth all things do and we're essentially living out of the same mythological story has been told, you know, every book that has ever been written is essentially the same book, you know, uh, stories the same. It's just, you know, different time frame. And that's not to say that everything is, is predetermined in, in the sense of like, you know, what's the point of everything? If it's just a program that's going to run as it's been instructed to do, there we have that capacity to be the observer to reprogram and to insert new program that builds off of the existing program um, and to understand that if you can take a simple line of code and and from that very simple line that the universe is constantly running through in the in these streams of existence it's saying uh you know reality is real and and you build off of the fact that you know that reality is real you can build off the, these great imaginations of like how reality can be abstracted and still fold in back into itself. And the more interesting and complex and beautiful you can make it as you go out from it, the more you recognize and you pick on the other things that are around. Like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this goes deep in connection. Like you can interrelate this, you can interrelate that. I mean, who hasn't gone down the rabbit hole, you know? I like the idea of, of Wikipedia. I mean, I can spend so much time in the rabbit holes that you find there because it's just layer upon layer of this complexity. And when you start to recognize that there's ways to, to, uh, create the, like the little set points that you can go to instantly, instantly, you don't even have to travel through this whole pathway of leading yourself up to this higher abstractions. You can just go there in your mind because you're sure of everything else in the lower levels. They've already been confirmed and proofed out. You, you just have to work on that last theory, you know, that final theory um, that you're proceeding from. And I'm constantly moving towards that. Like, I'm constantly going back into my little laboratory and working at uh, how to progress towards that um, worthwhile ideal. 
and uh, I recognize along the way, like, well, this is a holdback. Here's some red tape. You know, here's a, a, a mountain that was made out of a molehill. And, you know, here's a pit over here that has to be filled up. Like all these abstractions, I can, I can talk about them in these, these figurative ways uh, because I can't point to it specifically, but I can assign it a point on my grid and then I interrelate it to all the other connecting points and how it all goes together. And then I assign people to it, like responders who can respond to that. And then also people who are um, reporters, people who are reporting on that information to reconfirm like the status as it is now. And they essentially do a lot of the hard work for me because I trust them and I, I trust their insights. I trust them as people. And so I don't have to, um, I don't have to know everything. I just have to know that that person knows what they know and be able to rely on that person if need be um, to give me accurate information. So when I take it into my space, I'm not perverting the complexity with somebody else's personal bias or their ego trips. Um, then of course I get this intuitive sense of what that looks like, you know, being able to call people out on their bullshit is actually kind of fun. I don't always do it directly because I, I, I'm not here to offend people, but I do oftentimes play with a person's ego to say like, really, I really question them and, and encourage them to question themselves, not to belittle them, but to leave them in wonder about what I mentioned. And of course, this has led to many times where people think that I think I'm better than them or I'm uh, vain or think that I'm a super genius and thou shalt bow down to me. Like, no, I'm a very humble and humiliated person and I keep myself that way because uh, power can ruin you. And it's wholly powerful to be able to do what I can do because going into that world of being able to see things, like, I can see so much that's there. I can see these golden doors of opportunity where I would be living high on the hog in, in, in a very comfortable state of being. And, you know, I could easily just forget the rest of the world, but I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there because I'm not serving what I feel wholly and fully in my heart is my fundamental purpose for being here on this planet earth. And it is to achieve that progressive realization of that worthwhile ideal. And because I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, and I don't want to put a, a limited frame, I kind of consider it these these floating frames, uh, where it's like, it is, but it isn't, you know, there's room to adapt and evolve and grow and, you know, pivot and shift whatever is necessary, um, but still wholly and fully, uh, as a generalization and overall, this is what's going to happen at the end of this program once it's ran. And I'm building that up and building up connections and I'm making connections with other people and I'm reinforcing those places where I see that the great strength lies and where uh, reliability can be uh, built upon uh, as standard models for improvement. And I shine lights on the people who show and know. Um, they know that they are uh, their leaders and that they're getting attention from people and they have to work with that um, in the terms of humility and, and, and humbleness where uh, their ego is self-checked and that they use it as a means to understand uh, the ways of the world as they relate to putting yourself out of the picture 
becomes this great tool, like feel that fire and that passion of wanting the ego's worthless defense, I call it. Um, it wants to lash out and to use as an opportunity to make the decision that moves out of your need to make it an ego thing, to make it the selfless I. Um, and use that in service to the other person because I've always found as I've helped other people, I have helped myself. And sometimes all that people have to give you is an idea. Maybe even just 